All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio. This is episode 442. Jason Lingren is with me and Ross Newkirk from Conscious Technologies. This, I, I don't even, someone handed me a link to the work Ross was doing. These awesome, cymat, I'll call them cymatics devices um, because I know the audience knows what I'm getting at. It's basically about positive geometry, positive audio, positive vibrations, that kind of thing. And when I saw what he was doing, it took me all of three seconds to realize this man gets it. I immediately contacted him to try to get him on the show. And since I have linked him to Dinshaw, remember the Indian guy we covered who was curing people or healing people with colored light? that the AMA came and defamed the man and made it illegal for colored light to be used on anyone. I kid you not. The point is, these are some really cool devices, but I guess we'll get into it. Welcome, Jason. Oh, and a very hot good morning. All right. Welcome, Ross Newkirk. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. All right. So you've got a couple sites and contact. Let's get that out right now. And by the way, Ross is in Rhode Island, not too, too far from me. Well, you can't get too, too far from anyone in Rhode Island, but let's get your links and your contact. <laughs> sure. Uh, my main website is consciousTechnologiesLLC.com. And uh, we also have a, another website, uh, VogelCutCrystals.com. And then we have a center in uh, downtown Wakefield, Rhode Island, where our technologies can be experienced through the awakenwholenesscenter.com. Okay. Now what I'm going to do here, everybody, is I'm going to put up a sponsored link that's going to have a code. It'll probably be Crow triple seven or something like that, that Ross can track. It'll get you somewhere in the neighborhood of 8% off anything. Now the one side where the core harmonizer and the big technologies are, these are higher priced items, but I have used them. It's the real deal. I saved up, I got a core harmonizer and uh, I run it almost night and day. We sleep with it on. It's really quite a thing. And we have also used the meditation mat, uh, which is similar in a way, but it's also unique. So just so you know, people who are close to Rhode Island could go to Wakefield just to experience them. But Jason, anything you want to add before we jump in here? Well, I can't say I've tried this yet, but I very much want to. Yeah, they're, they're quality devices. Um, let's just leave it at that. I, it took me all of about less than a minute when I realized he had the seed of life printed on the glass. I saw how the high-end audio was being funneled up through everything. I recognized the heart chakra colored light, and I just realized this is the real deal, and that's immediately why I handed him the Dinshaw work. But let's, let's jump in here. Uh, where would you like to begin? Ross, I'll let you choose. Well, you know, I think really these technologies and this time is really about the need to create self-empowerment. We have so much, we're living in an information age where there's so much information being thrown upon us, a lot of which is uh, incorrect, some of which is correct. And we have to be able to uh, differentiate um, between, you know, what is true you know, what is true for us and what is false. So I feel that at this time, raising our vibration and our consciousness is really necessary for uh, not only our survival, but it enables us to be able to ultimately thrive. And so I think that's where we're at at this moment in, in history. Well, there's something to be said for discernment in our era. When I first started doing this, um, most of the work that we did when I was still on YouTube was, hey, look, this is what we found. This is how we found it. This is how we think about it. It's like A, B, C, D, you know, trying to lead someone down the garden path. 
But what's happened as we've gotten this far into the kind of new era is a lot of people are still asking to be led. That time's coming to an end. You have to have discernment. You have to be able to use your adult higher mind and take things apart and say, should I accept this? And and you've got to hear that still quiet voice. I mean, I know you're going to talk about that. That still quiet voice has to be nurtured. It is so easy to trample that still quiet voice, but that thing is your best friend in the world for discernment. But let's talk a little bit about the core harmonizer. Yeah, the uh, the core harmonizer uh, was a piece of technology that came through uh, maybe three and a half years or so ago. And it is a piece of technology that uses frequencies of light, music, and uh, nested sacred geometries to create a coherent, harmonious field. And so it looks like a hexagonal um, end table, if you will, with a glass top with light pouring out from it. But really, the the magic is within it with these uh, frequencies of light, music, and geometries. It creates this coherent field that really cascades out of uh, out of the core harmonizer and uh, ultimately ends up imprinting the space around you, you know, programming the space, you know, everything, you know, is energy and, and frequency. And, um, you know, just like you can walk into a room and, and feel someone's vibe and you feel good about them or you feel uneasy, you don't feel like you can trust them. This, this is throwing out a very coherent, harmonious um, information field. And when you're in that inver- information field or that environment, you can more easily and readily connect to higher levels of awareness and consciousness. Um, just like when you go out into nature, you know, and you sit under a tree, you know, barefoot, you know, and you're leaning up against a tree and you, you don't have your cell phone with you and uh, you just start to relax. You know, it, it's, it's uh, an information field that you're in nature, you know, throws out a beautiful information field and we're able to generate one using light music and geometries. Well, there's, there's a few things like when, when I first saw the core harmonizer, I knew it was the real deal. By the time I had one in my home, uh, what I noticed is at first we had it in the living room. And then I said, you know what? I want to sleep around this thing. So we moved it into the bedroom and I noticed that I was, my sleep was much deeper. My dreams uh, had changed drastically. And beyond that, you know, just to put a check on myself, my dog Blix is a Shiba Inu. He's kind of like a wolf baby, not afraid of fireworks, not afraid of thunder and lightning. He's kind of a pretty tough little guy, but he's got a loving side. And he had taken over my office to be his private sleep room at night. He used to sleep with <laughs> my wife and I, but when I put the core harmonizer in there, he moved back in. Wow. And so that's when I realized. So between the way, and I like I like how you feel like expansive. It's just an expansive feeling. I don't know how else to to state it, but when the dog's moving back in, you know there's something to it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. People over the years have sent us pictures of their cats curled up on it, sleeping. One lady uh, rented a quarter harmonizer and she um, said, you know, here's my testimonial, sent me a 43 second video of a cat curled up on the top. And the cat was just the way it was like moving and arching. It was just amazing to, to see, um, you know, little kids tend to be very attracted to it. Um, the first time we actually unveiled the core harmonizer was at my wife's birthday party, um, years ago. And, and we had a whole bunch of family members over and stuff. And I, some of the, the kids were running around the, uh, the table and we couldn't get them to stop. They're being a little on the wild side. I um, take off the cover of the core harmonizer, turn it on. 
and the kids run right over to it. There's two kids and uh, one looks down in it and he's just amazed. He lays down on the floor and I have luckily a, um, a footage, uh, a picture of this and spoons the core harmonizer. <laughs> and huh. then our son lays down opposite him, not trying to be funny or anything and spoons the other side of the core harmonizer. And uh, at least one of them closed their eyes. And it was just like, wow, my dad was here at the time. And he said, uh, every parent should have one of these. It was pretty amazing to see, but you know, it doesn't violate free will. You can still be rambunctious. You can still be angry, but it makes it a little harder because you're in a coherent space. So people can go to the website and look, and you'll notice uh, imprinted on the glass um, where, where the colored, carefully colored green light comes through. You will notice what's based usually called the seed or the flower of life. I think it's actually the seed of life. Yeah, it's actually the uh, the flower, but oh, it has the, flower. The, the seeds in, encoded in it. Yeah. yeah, of course. Well, you can't have one without the other. So basically the flower of there's actually goes out to a tree of life, just so people know. But if you look up the basic geometry on an image search called the seed of life and then the flower of life, you'll get it immediately. It's the idea of a sacred geometry that can start with just one seed and then build out into anything and you get out to the tree of life or the flower of life. But when you see that, it is so cool because at nighttime, sometimes I don't want the light in the room. So I just cover up the glass, which is easy enough. But if you leave it on, it puts sacred geometry on the ceiling as well. You can (laughs) see it. Yeah, you can see it. That's right. That's right. All right, let's get into Jason. Is there anything you want to ask about this thing that we're not saying? Because you haven't really been around it yet. Well, if someone's coming into this conversation cold, what is this thing? What does it do? Yeah, it's really about imprinting a space and creating a space where people can connect to higher levels of awareness. So you can be having you know this uh, core harmonizer running uh, in a neighboring room, not even be able to hear the music or see the light get benefit of it because it is an information field. So just like a healer can send, you know, uh, love and intention to someone across the world, you know, for healing, um, you know, uh, which is an example of an information field, the core harmonizer is doing the same thing from the standpoint of it's creating coherence. So you can be doing your dishes, you know, going about your day and, um, you know, you'll tend to feel, or people often report feeling um, a greater sense of peace and and well-being. You can also sit down right next to it and meditate with it, which I've done too, and sit a few feet away, turn up the the music on it, and just go into a meditative state. And I've been able to release uh, all sorts of different things. You know, there was uh, one time, you know, a little while back where I um, woke up in the middle of the night, um, scratching my whole body, and I went to use the restroom and I looked in the mirror. And I saw this um, hives had broken out all over my sides, my arms, you know, my neck. It was pretty uh, disturbing looking. And my wife was traveling at the time. And I, you know, it was like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., something like that. And I tried calling her and um, she didn't pick up. I was looking for some metaphysical support. And the message came, just go out to the living room, which is where we had our core harmonizer at the time. I went out there, sat down, and I turned up, you know, the uh, the volume on it. And I just sat you know, in a chair there. And I just was braced by this uh, energetic field that was being given off by the core harmonizer. And the message came, you know, fill fill your thought with gratitude. So I just started thinking about all the things I was grateful for. And before long, you know, there's tears of gratitude coming down my face. I had been drinking a lot of water, go back into the restroom, um, you know, since I'd been drinking so much water, washing my hands, look in the mirror, all of the puffiness, all of the scratch marks, even because I had scrapes on my body from when I was sleeping and just, you know, unconsciously scraping. 
were totally gone. And I go back in the living room, just filled with gratitude and wrote some notes for a meditation group that I was doing and then went back to bed. But it was just amazing to see. I didn't rub any lotions on myself. I didn't shine any special lights on myself. I didn't take any supplements. It was literally, I shifted into a higher state of consciousness and being, which the core harmonizer certainly helped facilitate. And uh, so that that's what this is really here is it's a tool. The most amazing piece of technology actually exists within each one of us, but um, there's these tools that can be utilized to help us access higher levels of awareness and consciousness, which are within us, but most of the time are dormant. Well, we, we should mention, so you and your wife came down uh, to Rhode Island where I am. We're about as far away as you can get from each other, about an hour apart hard to get much further than an hour away from someone in Rhode Island. You could do it, <laughs> but um, your wife uh, can see auras and she is, how would you say, everyone remembers Derek Condit to give an example. She's intuitive. Would that be the way to say it? Yeah, she's very intuitive. She's clairaudient and clairvoyant. She can see things and hear things. And actually, since using the technologies that my father and then I brought forth as well and worked on with my father as well, she has actually turned on these abilities. When I first met her, she was amazing. You know, I met her 14 years ago or so. When I first met her, she was amazing. But to see her evolution and to see how she's able to turn on these abilities and others, lots of other people too, by being around these technologies is amazing. So, you know, we all have this within us and, you know, most of us are feel separate and alone and we're not accessing it. But when we are able to tap into this, like you have amazing self-healing capabilities within you intuitive capabilities, perceptive capabilities. There really is no end to uh, what we're all capable of. Well, what's interesting to me is whenever I meet someone who says they could see auras or they're clairaudient, I asked her, spot, you remember you were there. I said, Mm -hmm. are you clairvoyant? But what was interesting is in my yard, uh, I've gotten very down on lawns, not a big fan of lawns because of all the chemicals and things people do. So my lawn is split. The front part of my house has a big old lawn that my grandfather planted and the back is now 80% gone. The whole backyard is 80% gone. Part of it was I let a portion of it under a a huge tree go back to whatever would be natural. And the other part is I pulled out everything and I put like a patio deck. And the interesting thing is, is the whole time I was designing this in my mind, I didn't want the angles of sorrow. I wanted angles of joy. I wanted the energy flow. So it would be a fantastic place to be. And one of the first things your wife said to me is I love the flow of this, <laughs> this area. And so I, I knew instantly because I put a lot of thought into trying to create that. And she picked up on it right away. But um, <laughs> anyhow, let's talk a little bit about overlaid dimensions, which is part of the idea and the device, I think. So there's simultaneous realities going on at once and there's lower levels of consciousness and there's higher levels of consciousness. And, and sometimes there's bridges that you can shift back and forth between levels of awareness. So instantaneous healings, for example, occur when you shift realities. So something tries to present itself often very convincingly. It can often triggers our fear response of like, oh my gosh, look at this. So you get a cut on your hand or something, you fall, something happens, and basically you're at a crossroad. And most people look at the material picture, they see the the wound, the injury, 
and they focus on it. They're worried about it. They're all of a sudden thinking this is going to take this much time to heal. I got to go to the doctor. I got to get whatever. But there is actually an alternative, which some people, unfortunately, it's very few, but some people access and are able to access from time to time. And that is a different uh, reality. So basically shifting thought, seeing the presentation, denying it you know, right away and looking away from the picture that's being presented and focus on what you really do want. And as you focus on what you do want, that starts to manifest. And so it can either result in a healing that manifests much more quickly. It can be a total shift where all of a sudden you're like, wait, didn't that happen? Why isn't there a cut on my hand or whatever? To all sorts of amazing things can happen. The power of our thought is so important. I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago, and she said that her father, when he passed uh, away, he was told he had six months to live. And she said he passed away one day before that six months. That was the influence of thought, his fear buying onto what an authoritative figure the doctor told him was his going to be his life. And he accepted that. But had he been in the consciousness of denying that and accepting a different picture, I'm pretty sure he would have had a different experience. So it's really about what reality we want to experience, but also being able to tap into other realities. Like you can actually see orbs, you can see pranic energy. One way to see orbs, if you're interested in in trying to tap in and see that, is take your cell phone or a camera, turn on the flash, go out at night, especially if you have like a campfire or something like that, have a few people around that are open-minded. It's easier to have open-minded people around rather than naysayers, a whole group of naysayers and, um, and start filming, you know, with your camera. And sometimes you will catch these, they almost look like these semi-transparent balls of light floating around, zooming around. Sometimes you tend to see them at happy events. Sometimes people take a picture and they're like, ah, there's this bubble in the picture. Well, oftentimes, you know, sometimes it's dust, but oftentimes it is actually an orb. And I've filmed dust versus orbs and and all that kind of stuff. And you can tell the difference. And sometimes (laughs) this sounds a little weird, but when you scroll in, you can see sacred geometries In those orbs, uh, you can also, we've even seen literally the traditional smiley face where it's literally a smile with two dots for the eyes. Uh, It's amazing. Um, But opening your thought, childlike mind, going in with that. Also, pranic energy. People often see this and they write it off. It's not too common that people see it. But if you lay down, you know, know, on a blue sky day or slightly cloudy, just look up at the, uh, um, the sky and just still your mind you may see what almost look like almost tadpole eggs or little balls, just, you know, microscopic, just occupying all space moving around. And uh, for the longest time, I wanted to see different examples of different dimensions and overlaid dimensions and stuff, you know, but I couldn't. And the reason being was I was trying, you know, trying too hard. You know, this doesn't actually take effort. It actually takes just the opposite. It's it's allowing, you know, being present, allowing, and uh, you know, just letting go. And the more you let go, the more you'll be able to to see. And uh, it, you know, I can't always see it, but if I'm in the right state of mind and I just relax, and 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 also I'm not trying to impress. I'm just being present. That's when you tend to see it. Well, that's still small voice, right? It's a similar thing. Exactly. It doesn't require harder focus. It requires quiet 
and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get it. But I want to address a couple of the things you said. Now, uh, I'm with you. I proved at first, I didn't believe there was anything to the orbs and the halos and everything in imagery. So I did tests when I was filming with telescopes. Some nights I'd get bored. We had crude orgone devices that are made with like that plasticky stuff holds them all together. Not the best mm -hmm. way to make orgone, but it's still orgone. And we had set those by our garden. And I'd noticed that the butterflies were laying way more eggs next to the orgone device. Well, we went out to shoot with a flash to see if we could find the orbs and other things. And around the orgone, it was off the charts, how many <laughs> were there. And, and we began to realize this is real. But to address another thing you said, people like Fortune, who in my mind are the best healers I've ever met in my lifetime, maybe the best I will ever meet will come at you with the idea that mind is 50% of the healing. So for a doctor to open his damn mouth and set some arbitrary death date, it's almost criminal um, to, to, to offer that as, as a healer. But let's lay the foundations for cymatics. Now, everybody who's been with me a long time has a good idea of what cymatics are. The first episode we covered it was 114. That was me and Jason. The next one was 229. The next one was 241. Then we did two with Mandara Cromwell, and her main gig is cymatics. That was 264 and 290. To give an overview for anyone who's brand new to Pro Triple Seven Radio, this is my point of view. Cymatics is the foundation of everything. Well, what is cymatics? Well, first of all, it's spelled C Y M. So I'll always think of a symbol, like a drum symbol. Not a symbol that you draw, a symbol that you hit. And think of why a symbol is called a symbol. It's a good crossover. Cymatics is about vibration. Everything in the world, from my point of view, that's it. That's the foundation of everything. Why is the light blue? Vibration. Why does the flower have 12 petals instead of five? Vibration. Why does anything have anything? If it exists, it vibrates. To take that one step further, the idea of a marshmallow and a piece of concrete. Why is it that a marshmallow is all squishy and concrete is hard as a rock? Well, vibration, it all comes back. Walter Russell and others have given versions of how they describe it. But Ross, would you add anything if we're trying to give just a brief overview of why frequency, which is vibration, is so critically important and the centerpiece of your work? Yeah, I think you said that so beautifully. Everything comes down to vibration in terms of resonance, what you want to resonate with, what you want as an experience, as a vibration in your experience. And it's like, um, it comes down to, in our case, thought. Our thought is a vibrational frequency and tuning into that channel that you want to have uh, manifest in your life is so important. I mean, they talk about it in all the movie, The Secret and and a lot of Wayne Dyer stuff is it, it's really all comes down to thought, which is vibrational frequency and resonance. And so um, everything in your life that you don't like, you have aligned yourself with for some reason, you don't have to beat yourself up about it if you don't like it, but you've actually um, brought it in as some kind of uh, vibrational match and you can release that you can change it sometimes it's an echo as we're working through uh raising our consciousness it comes in as an echo and then other times it's an underlying theme within our existence sometimes it's hereditary where we have this sort of uh, program if you will 
playing in the background that has been passed on, you know, from our ancestors and our well-meaning parents and so forth. And so sometimes we have to break through this and let go of this vibrational frequency that we don't want. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing when you start thinking about how everything is really vibration. This is why I love the work of Walter Russell, the universal one. What I find is the really clairvoyant, maybe I should say high spiritually adept people that I have been aware of or met in my life, they all seem to be describing the same thing in a slightly different way. And it was not too long ago that I realized that my perspective, my perception is unique in all the world. If I took my wife's head and put it right next to mine, and we look at a sailboat that's five miles out in the, in the water, her perspective is still unique to mine, not just because the angle is slightly different, which is quite important, but she has her eyes and her perceptions and her, you know, it's all unique. So when we get into the idea of cymatics, what I urge people to do is still to this day, you can go to YouTube and look up cymatic sand plates or anything based on cymatics. And what you're going to notice, and here's the funny thing about it. The first time I saw it, I was much younger and it didn't click. I thought, oh, that's really cool. I'd like to play with that. That was the entirety of my thought process. I'm sitting, well, I could do that with blue sand and mixed red sand. It'd be really fun. Well, when I got older, I realized that I was watching magic. What you are seeing in those cymatic plates where they vibrated a frequency and sand or some granular-like thing or even water is put on them, geometry magically emerges. Now, this is how I came to prove to people who wanted to yell at me when I said 440 is not a good frequency to tune musical instruments and why 432 is better. If you look at a round plate, 440 looks like a muddy mess. There's no, there's no detail. There's no complexity. When you go back to 432, there is. So what we find in cymatics is here's a lump of sand. We apply a vibration and magically a geometry is formed out of basically nothingness. When you grasp what that means, then you start to realize the hermetic principles. The first one is mentalism. The way that I appreciate that idea expressed is that mind precedes everything. And since mind precedes everything, all our minds together take a major role in shaping our reality. Think about the pandemic. Let's get everyone unhappy and sad. And all of a sudden the world feels like a miserable place to be. The other thing I would point out is that thoughts can be measured. And what is it that's being measured? It's basically a frequency or a vibration. But Jason, you remember we did 114. Uh, So many people were just so into that episode. The first one we did on cymatics. Oh yeah, big time. It was, you know, I, I mean, had you been had you been exposed to any degree to cymatics before the research for that episode? I was familiar with them, especially in relation to sacred geometry and frequency and such with uh, certain audio things, audio spectrums. You know, it occurs to me, Ross, I, I once saw the birth charts being done and the way we do them now for astrology, where it's a circle. It used to be a square in the 1800s a lot, but someone drew the Star of David. And they pointed out that any person who was born at the exact second that that star of David is perfect would have been a special person. And that got me thinking, because when we go to the cymatic plates, or when I look at what you've done, where the flower of life is the geometry uh, that is shaping not only the audio form, but the light form, 
Can you imagine getting a cymatic plate and finding the frequency that creates the seed of life geometry? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's been done. Or if it has, I haven't seen it. But would you add anything about cymatics before we move on? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it really is going on YouTube and typing in some cymatics sand plates, like you said, is very eye opening where you can with the right tones and frequencies, you can actually get uh, physical matter to uh, take a geometric shape. And it's just amazing. You start to realize like a tone or every word you say is a tone. It's, it's a thought, right? And so how important it is for our thoughts, our inner thoughts and the words that we say before telling ourselves, oh gosh, you dummy, that has a frequency to it. Our cells don't like that. They um, are listening to the captain of the ship, which is you. And our cells are dutifully creating whatever we're thinking and feeling and so forth. And so it really makes you think about your thoughts. One neat experiment is uh, the rice experiment where you take, um, cook up some rice with some water, white rice works fine, and use a ladle and and measure out approximately the same amount and put it into two identical uh, glass jars and then write love on one and write hate on the other. And then take those jars, go a step further and hold that jar of love and just feel that frequency of love and just send that love into that rice really feel it. It's a, we live in a feeling universe and then put that jar down and then get the jar of rice with hate and feel the things in your lives that made you so angry and feel that sense of hate and feel what that feels like and send that into the jar. I I hate sending, I I don't (laughs) like sending hate, but for this experiment, I think it's a, a very important one. Then, um, put them a few feet apart in a windowsill or similar environment and then uh, a couple weeks later, uh, open the the lids of the jars and smell them. You may want to smell the hate one outside, and um, they'll they probably they'll both ferment. Um, they usually do. One will uh, generally smell a lot sweeter than the other, but there is a definitely a, a difference in the smell. And one time we did it, the hate jar was so intense, you had to open it outside. Otherwise, that it would be off-gassing into the house, even though it was just a small little jar. And it really shows you how our frequency, you know, our thoughts, uh, our words you know, are so powerful. So what are we telling each other each day? But also one thing that I think is important, because we all have um, self-doubt thoughts and negative thoughts come to us. I mean, they... I forget how many thoughts that they say that we we think a day, but it's a tremendous amount, you know, many, many thousands, um, is to declare within your own being that a positive thought is many, many times stronger than a negative thought. And that also helps alleviate any fear if you're like, oh, geez, I'm thinking another negative thought. It's like, no, no, I've already proclaimed for myself that a positive thought is many, many times stronger than a negative thought. And begin to watch your thoughts based on your feelings, because we can't always keep track of our thoughts. But how are you feeling? Are you clenching your fist? Are you angry? Are you uptight? You know, that's probably an indicator that the thoughts that you've been thinking, you know, in the past few minutes are not helpful, you know, to start to shift, you know, and just taking baby steps. I mean, we, you know, none of us are get it right and none of us are doing it a hundred percent. So, so just to start to make that shift and even a small shift can be quite transformative. This brings up so many ideas. I'm still planning on doing this, getting uh, when we're going to do an episode that we know will be max audience to set a time and make it Eastern Standard Time. So no matter where are you in the world, you can calculate and go out and get a large number of people to pray for living beings that the darkness and the deception of this era comes to a close because you're right. 
what the darkness feeds on is energy. It can't create anything. So it coerces uh, others to create the energy it needs one way or another. That's part of what false flags are about. People cry, people feel saddened. It's just that energy is being sucked off. But to pull this back around, seeing is believing for so many people, like some people will listen to what we've been talking about and they'll say, come on, you new age hippies, put down the crack pipe. This is all ridiculous. Well, for those who need to see believe to get started, go look up the work of Dr. Emoto, which will reference exactly what Ross was talking about. But here's another quick way to prove the energies exist. Get a couple of jars that are identical, fill them halfway up with water, both of them, and label one love and label one hate and go freeze them and look for the difference in the freezing. There's another thing you can do. If you have these little orgone devices that were made for so long, put the jar on an orgone device and then another one without the orgone device. And you will quickly see that it is undeniable that what Dr. Emoto rediscovered, I don't accept that he discovered it. He's just the man who brought it back to our knowing in this age. Here's the thing. When we turn on the television, what's coming out of it? Frequencies. Not just the frequency of the television itself, but the words that are being spoken. One of the stories for when cymatics was rediscovered in the 1800s or whenever it was, was somebody had a drum and they put a voice tube on it and they used the human voice. That was the first thing they saw, a human voice creating sacred geometry. Now, in that time, it was pretty instantly new, known. And so there was a guy named Kaladni. And he started to make a library. This is a big point. Go try to find a complete cymatic library. You can't do it. How is it that the foundation of everything in our material world, no one has bothered to make a library of all the cymatic frequencies matched to their shape? Well, Kaladni tried to, but it's all partial stuff now. You can't really search it that easily. And his books... Last time I checked, one of the Kaladni books was going for three grand. So this is so critically important. And if you begin to comprehend what's going on with the core harmonizer, you'll start to relate it. Well, what are the words out of my mouth? If I drop an F-bomb, what frequency have I put into the world? And then you'll think, what is the first hermetic principle? And you'll begin to put it all together. Let's talk about what is the value of raising your vibrational state? Actually, let me, let me preface what you're about to say. I'm going to ask you, what is the value of raising your vibrational state? But let's just consider popular music. It's pretty well known at this point what rock and roll music did to my generation. Drugged us out, broke the family unit, got us having sex and getting high all the time. And, and all the things that we could have changed in the world went to the wayside. The next generation, so that's a vibration drop, if you want to be honest about it. Then the rap generation came. Now think about how the rock music was played and how low frequency became the driving force of rap. So not only did they use the music to do social engineering, they actually kept trying to lower the vibration. You don't see anyone these days with a tweeter. <laughs> when I was young, everyone had a tweeter. There's no such thing as a tweeter anymore. If it ain't a woofer, nobody cares. So now let's ask, what is the value of raising your vibrational state? It's really about shifting your your experience and those around you. It takes very few people actually to start to raise the vibration on the planet. And so it might look very hopeless to look you look around you, maybe it's the neighborhood you're living in or 
or some of your friends or family members. But um, raising your vibrational state, you really become like the thermostat in the room rather than the thermometer. When you walk into an environment, you can actually start to shift that energy positively or negatively. You know, it's sort of like someone starts having a negative conversation and then you join in, all of a sudden you start to feel your energy drop, everyone's building on each other and so forth. Um, but if you start to raise that vibration, sometimes it's shifting the topic. Sometimes it's literally walking away. Sometimes it's just being quiet in your mind and doing some prayerful work, shifting that energy. The consciousness will start to shift in the room. And that's really a great example of uh, the global consciousness. It doesn't take many to start to shift that consciousness. But the vibrational state, you know, we're all having experiences here. Some of them are experiences that, you know, uh, people are really enjoying. And then others are experiences that are much tougher. It really comes down to what do you want your experience to be? And that comes down to uh, your own free will. A lot of times it looks like things are imposed upon us. You have no other choice to get this medical treatment or you'll be fired or whatever. You always have a choice. You know, it can make it look like there's no choice. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to, you know, um, you know, be disowned by my family, whatever, you know, but you always do actually have a choice. The, the so-called dark side can't actually impose something on you. It can make it look like you have no choice, but you said, Crow, dark energy is not creative. It's the, the light energy that's creative. So the dark energy has to try to convince us to give up our technologies or give up our knowledge or whatever. Um, but um, it isn't a creative force. It's a, it's a very incoherent force. And it only you know, works when it can uh, create a state of fear because fear, you know, uh, uh, anger, all that is confusion. You know, we're all beautiful, amazing light beings, right? Um, but we're, we're, you know, often put in a state of fear and fear is a disconnection incoherence. When you look at the, the whole uh, animal kingdom, for the most part, it is in tremendous coherence. You look up at the sky and there's a flock of you know, a couple hundred birds. You know, I used to live in Delaware um, and there would be, we'd be under the flyway and there'd be thousands, well, probably millions of birds. And it would look like this black river that would fly over our house, you know, a couple of times a year. Um, and it would go for a half an hour, all the same species of birds. And none of them were running into each other. No, no one was in charge. There's one consciousness. You know, if you clapped your hands, the birds would move, but they wouldn't, you know, all be running into each other. They would just naturally break and then, uh, you know, form back together again. Same with the school of fish. There's this one consciousness, right? You know, and they're all tapped into and they're all symbiotically, you know, in harmony with each other. Um, it's, it's amazing, but with, with human beings, you know, we've been disempowered. We've, you know, been told you can't have a baby on your own. You know, uh, you need to have, you know, medical procedures. You need to, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, be monitored and so forth every day, you know, a, a deer rabbits, turtles, you know, <laughs> across the whole world is giving birth in the rain and dirty conditions, you know, with no knowledge, no you know, uh, classes that they've been through. It's just a natural state. So harmony is actually the natural state of the universe. And so a lot of people think like, you know, when they start to tap into other levels of awareness and they start to see anomalies in their own life, you know, oh my gosh, I, I had an intuitive thought that can't be. Well, that's actually natural. Being disconnected is unnatural. So um, you're not unusual, you know, having experiences, you know, sometimes people hear things and like, oh, there's something wrong with my ears. I, I hear this, you know, harmonic hum sometimes, or 
or I, I see, you know, light, you know, or I've seen a being or whatever. I've seen product energy or pranic energy. That's your natural state, actually. Everything is interconnected. What's been disconnected is our abilities. Are you actually raising your vibration, though, like as far as like literally up or down? Or is, is that just a kind of a turn of phrase kind of thing? Yeah, raising your, your vibration is basically like a wavelength that you're uh, consciously or subconsciously choosing to uh, attune to. Higher frequency. Yeah, changes your experience. Is that actually what you want to do, though? Because a lower frequency, hypothetically, would be more at rest and at peace. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's just the the term raising your vibration, but in terms of the mechanism, yeah, it it, it could be lower or higher. Um, when I'm talking about when most people talk about raising their vibration, they're they're talking about changing to a frequency that would be uh, deemed as something more desirable, I guess. So I've always thought about it like this: the example is in 440 and 432 right? There's eight cycles different, but the one they've changed to is actually the higher frequency. But what I would point out is one of the frequencies is more harmonious with nature. So you could go to 440 and you could go above that so many cycles and find another one that's harmonious. But the thing about a human being is they can calm. So even if you're going to higher frequencies, literally, you can still calm yourself at the same time, but that's a good question, actually, when you think about it. But that, yeah. <laughs> that brings me into, you know, you were saying things about nature and we've had Derek Condit, uh, who can also see auras, who's also clairvoyant and we, he's the bee, we used to call him the bee whisperer, but uh, he had said some things about bees. One of which we talked about was they always say a bumblebee is not supposed to be able to fly. And we were, I was talking with him and he said, some people think that the vibration they're creating makes them lighter than air. And that's how a bumblebee flies. Mm. And you would think science or something would be able to, but one thing I love to do, because there is no lie in nature to show what we think is just a bug you can kill like a bee, how special they are and why we've got to protect them. Go look up a giant Japanese hornet attacking a honeybee nest. And what you're going to see is complete carnage. A giant hornet, and they are giant, is just ripping the heads off these things, cutting them in half. There's no hope. And you're thinking, my God, this is just a bloodbath. These poor bees don't stand a chance. There's only one hornet. Well, cut to the chase. The bees win. And what happens is the queen, apparently, this is how it's been explained to me, realizes the carnage that's going on and changes the strategy for the entire hive. Because what they do is they ball all around. They create a ball of bees around the giant hornet and they begin to vibrate because bees can go a couple degrees hotter than a hornet can and they kill it. They fry it to, wow. to death. But how in the hell did all of a sudden all these bees know? And what they're saying and what I have read is bees actually exist on a higher vibrational plane than human beings. If we wanted to claim third, they would be fourth dimensional or something like that generally. But when you see that and you put it together, how in the hell did all those bees stop being decimated and come together all at once with the same plan to defeat such an enemy that is overwhelming? Have you ever seen that footage, Ross? I have not. You know, I totally believe that that's correct. That that sounds uh, amazing. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, ma it makes sense. It makes sense. Absolutely. So in the bullets here, you have the power of thought. And to me, the bedrock for learning to think with common sense is the hermetic principles. 
the seven hermetic principles, which from my point of view, cannot logically be dismissed. I will add, if science comes at it wanting to defame it, it'll do it. It'll figure out a way. It always does. But if you use common sense and the natural world is your measure, measure, in my view, you cannot dismiss the seven hermetic principles, the first of which is mentalism, which I always restate as your mind precedes everything that happens in this world. So the power of thought, and that relates also to what the doctor did to that man that you were talking about, used his own thoughts against him, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It was interesting. We, we used to live up in New Hampshire. And um, one time I decided I wanted to swim the length of this uh, 50 acre pond that we were on. And so my wife was in the kayak and I grabbed my flippers and my mask and my snorkel and she kayaked beside me as I was you know, looking for fish and stuff like that. And so I swam down to the end of the pond and where there's a whole bunch of rocks in the pond, big, you know, big rocks. And um, uh, I was only in maybe three feet of water or something like that, three feet, four feet of water. And I'm looking down at this school of fish and all of a sudden I descend to send it love. So I put out my hands and I'm sending this, um, this school of fish love. They all moved in and I could feel them, you know, like brushing up against the hairs on my arms and so forth. They're super close all around me. And, um, you know, I popped up my head out of the water and I, I told my wife, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all these little minnows here. They're coming right up to me. It's so amazing. And I popped down again. And then the thought comes, uh, I'll catch one and I'll show my wife. And so as soon as I had that thought before any physical action was taken, all the fish shot back maybe a foot or so. They knew what my intention was, right? Without making any, uh, you know, attempt. So, you know, that is the power of thought, you know, being manifested um, and uh, and also being picked up on. Now, humans mostly are walking around feeling separate, alone and disconnected and distracted by our devices and, you know, um, you know, our thoughts for, you know, wealth and, you know, wealth building and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, but uh, if we were connected, we would be able to tap into that, you know, same principle. I mean, here, this little fish, you know, from a human standpoint, as a, a tiny little brain and, and so forth, you know, you know, consciousness really doesn't reside in the brain. And we've seen many examples of that. But um, even if you wanted to go there from a consciousness standpoint, here, this small, many people would say less evolved creature can pick up on it, but we can't come on. It's just because we have that feature turned off within us, but it, it is within us. Um, there was another time on that same pond, my wife's uh, parents came up to uh, to visit and we took them out in a little tiny John boat that we had with a, a tiny trolling motor. And we we're at the end of the pond. And my wife's stepmother said, I would love to see a moose. And Heather, my wife, was thinking in her thought that anything is possible. Anything is possible to God. And I was thinking, you know, to myself, you know, let someone want in. My wife looks to the left. She looks to the right. And in this marsh next to the pond, she goes, there's a moose. And we all look and sure enough, there's a moose. But then there was a second moose right now, you know, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 feet away from it. There were two moose in this marsh. Now, living up in New Hampshire, we've seen moose, but not very common. You might see one every couple of years kind of a thing. Um, or you might see a, some hoof prints alongside the pond or something like that. But it's pretty unusual to see one, especially when, when someone says, I'd like to see a moose. You know, I came all the way to New Hampshire. It'd be cool to see a moose. And then here's one. And oh, here's a second one. And it was just absolutely amazing to see that manifestation. 
Um, now, I, I don't think that's something that you can always do because a lot of times you get ego in, in, in the way and so forth, you know, of, of trying to impress or feeling like, you know, responsible. But, you know, in those childlike moments, you know, where you're not trying, you're just thinking, you know, hey, anything's possible. You can start to access that more and more and you'll start to see that manifest in your life. Now, you know, there's been, you know, times where I've tried stuff like that and it hasn't worked at all, but maybe it's because I wasn't supposed to see it or whatever. But it was just a really beautiful example of, of manifestation. So I, I, I learned the same lesson that you were learning with the fish, with snakes growing up where I did. And when I got to the point where I realized some people could pick up snakes without getting bit, because we all had to prove our manliness, um, all the <laughs> way up to rattlesnakes, by the way. Wow. And, and we're lucky no one got seriously injured because we'd often be miles from home playing with rattlesnakes showing how manly we were. But what I realized at first, I thought if, if you don't show fear, um, you'll be able to interact with the snake. But then what I later realized is you have to project that you don't want to harm it in any way to the point where a snake that would normally bite you, if you let it go over your hand, you begin to realize these things slowly, but surely, but we're at the top of the hour. Why don't you tell folks one more time where they can get a hold of you and then we'll prep up for hour two. Great. You can find out more about uh, us at Conscious Technologies LLC. You know, we have a resource page too, you know, with um, different uh, videos that my father, who was a world-class scientist, you know, did and so forth. And all of our technologies are available there as well. And then you can also find us on VogelCutCrystals.com. And also uh, we have a center in Rhode Island awakenwholenesscenter.com and also unconscious technologies llc under our resources we also list all the areas around the the us that we have our technologies there's one in new york city that you can go to and there's some in california and so forth so there's lots of different locations you can experience our technologies too as well all right so in the comments we'll get links in and there's going to be a sponsored link but there's two sites the core harmonizer, these are more expensive devices. And some people who have suffered from the well stripping, that's probably not in the offing right now. But the other site where the cut crystals is, Ross gave me a shungite pendant, which is on wood, which has the flower of life geometry on it. He gave one to my wife. What was the geometry on my wife's one? Uh, I think, I, uh, was that the Sri Yantra? The triangle-based geometry. Yeah, Sri Yantra. Yeah. So, and they're amazing. I wear it all the time. I sleep in it. Now, the first person who gave me a device like this to offset negative frequencies was Derek Condit. It was also made of Shungite, but these versions are beautiful. So on the other, like the crystal side of the house there, uh, there's more affordable options. And these things to me are just as valuable, but that does bring hour one of episode 442 with Jason Lindgren and Ross Newkirk from Conscious Technologies to a close. Hour two is available to members at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. I hope to see everybody over there. We're going to get into some things, omniscience, intuition, shifting reality, shifting timelines. Here's one, cold plunging and saunas. All the big wave surfers in the world are doing this, and they're realizing how to lift their abilities. But anyhow, I hope to see you on the other side, and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.
of knowing.